Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, May 3rd, 2021. What's going on? How are you? How's it going, man? How was your uh, How was your weekend? Did you have a good one? Did you enjoy yourself? I had a great one. I hope you did, too. Oh, Bill. Oh, did, did, did you do a podcast today to throw your air quote great weekend in our faces? Uh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. I had a great weekend, and uh, while whilst trying to control my temper, as I told you guys, I'm not angry anymore. I understand why I was angry, but I I need I need <laughs> new coping mechanisms. I swear to God, if you guys saw what I flipped out about on on Saturday, yeah, like. And both flipouts were within, um, I don't know, like fucking three minutes of each other. And I was doing so fucking great. This is what happened. So we decided to have a little pool day, right? Get the kids in the pool. Dad's making the burgers, doing all of that shit, right? And I did the whole fucking thing, right? I took the solar tap off the fucking little, little splashy pool we got there, right? course it's all fucking turning green and shit i don't know what happened right so i gotta hose that fucking thing off fucking hose i got uh doesn't have like i don't have a one of what you call it the nozzle thing right so i go to my wife i'm gonna run down to the hardware store i'm gonna get a nozzle and she what do you need that for i'm like well i'm gonna get it so i can spray off the the tarp because it's got a bunch of green shit on it i gotta i gotta get rid of that and she's like, okay, is that something we can do after the kids are? Da, 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 da. Which she's right. She's right. But I'm like, eh, 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 I want to fucking go now. All right? Now, now, go now, right? So I, and I, you know what? I stayed in the pocket. I go, okay, that's cool. I'll do it then, right? So go down, fucking pool, this green ass goddamn tarp uh, that used to be clear. Now it's got these green streaks in it that are driving me fucking crazy. And I walk over to the garden hose just to see what's up. Maybe I can just put my thumb over it or whatever. And what's funny is I pull the hose out of the little potted plant that it was in. And I realized that there was no place to screw it on anyways. It, was just, it just ended as a rubber hose. This is like yet another thing. The last people's, everything they fucking did was cheap. So I got this fucking hose just, I don't know. So I was like, well, shit. I would have gone to the hardware store. Missed out on, you know, kind of interacting with the family and all of that. And, and, and not, I came back with this fucking nozzle. Um, and hey, what, what, why do you, you know, you ain't got no suit to wear to your job. I would be, I don't have a fucking, the threads to put this fucking thing on the, on the goddamn hose. Jesus, what am I trying to say? So I was like, well, that actually kind of worked out. I was able to spray up, you know, put the thumb over, increase the pressure or whatever. And, uh, I was able to hose it off. It looked good. Got everything out of the way. So then, everything's good. We're coming down. I, I literally look like Robert Young on Father's Knows Best if he uh, had some sort of pigment issue and uh, was was dipped in fucking orange number six, whatever color I am, in Crayola. So we're coming down, right, out to the pool. And, um, you know, we get my son, you know, we get everybody ready, putting the sunblock on, all that type of shirt. I got uh, stuff. I got my fucking stupid Hawaiian shirt on. That I literally got in Hawaii. It's a real one, right? It isn't. I got it at a real gift shop in Honolulu. And uh, bathing suit on, slathering on the fucking sunblock, right? I look like I'm about ready to do some kabuki dance. I got the shit on so thick, right? So we go to put my son in the little floaty thing. And as we're putting it in, the thing is just sinking. I'm like, what's going on here? So my wife's putting it together. She goes, yeah, I don't understand. He's sinking. I go, we forgot to blow it up. It was a new one, right? So now we go to take it out. Now there's fucking water in the thing. I got to squeeze it all out or whatever. So finally I get all the water out of the fucking thing. And I go to, to blow this thing up orally, right? And uh, no air's going in. I'm like, what the fuck? There's another one. Maybe this is the one. Try it on that one. Nothing's going in. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. And my wife's like, maybe it's broken. We have another one upstairs. So I go all the way upstairs to go get the fucking thing. Back in the house, go upstairs, go get the fucking thing. Get it out of the box, do all that. I go to blow it up. That one won't take any air. And I'm just, and that's when I just snapped. 
the wind was open and they were down at the pool and all of a sudden they just heard their dad just go, really? (laughs) I had done like 5,000 fucking things. I got everything out of the fucking way. I'm outlining all this information for my instrument exam that should be coming up the next couple of months. I have to do 10 fucking pages a day of the driest, most fucked up shit I've ever had to try to shove into my brain ever. I'm sitting there with flashcards making these things before everybody gets up. I do 19 other things, and now it's like, okay, I got to have the grill going. I got to have all the ham. My wife seasoned the hamburger. I got all of this shit going. All I need to do is get the kids in the fucking pool. Get the kids in the pool, and this motherfucker will not. So now I have to go fucking onto YouTube to try to find the right floaty and all of this shit, right? And, oh, I skipped. As I went to do that, I go into my son's room, and I could smell the diaper thing needed to be changed. So I pull the fucking bag out, and there's no place to tear it off, and it just keeps coming out like a musician pulling, I mean, just a magician pulling the, the fucking shit out of his mouth. Like, is this ever going to end? Right? And I, I was just like, what the, f- what the fuck? And then I realized it was a new one, a new style of thing. And, I j- and then I just snapped again. It's like, why do they always have to try to make it fucking better? I knew how to use the other one. Scream that, and that floated down to the fucking pool. I don't know if they heard it or not. And then I figured out, like, it was different or whatever. And I was like, what the fuck? And rather than reading the instructions, I just started ripping it out of the fucking thing. I undid the whole thing like I was undoing a fucking parachute. And then I finally looked at it. and Oh, you're supposed to just rip it off and then tie it off. This is actually probably more efficient because then you, you can use more of the plastic as a bag. So if, it's, if you got a really stinky diaper in there, you can just decide that, okay, this bag ends now. And so then I tried to repack the fucking thing. And I couldn't get it back together. And I just was like, all right. And by then, my wife came upstairs. Oh, I just come up to get my son's little hat. That's what it was. I had such blind rage in those moments. I don't even fucking remember what happened. Then I apologized. You know, my wife's looking at me like, how many times are you going to apologize? I just said, listen, I know that behavior's wrong. I know that behavior hurts you. I just, I have 50 years of muscle memory that this is where I go to. I should have just relaxed. I should have just looked at the instructions that were clearly written on the inside of it, and I wouldn't have done that. But I didn't. So, you know, I think she appreciated that. But, you know, as much as she hates that I do that, you know your woman secretly loves when you're that in the wrong because then they, they, get to, they get to fucking, you know, gives them all this power to just kind of be like, yeah, okay, like whatever, you know. Or maybe I'm just blaming her because I'm embarrassed by my behavior. So whatever. We ended up going down there. Uh, we had a great time in the pool. Got some awesome pictures. And uh, the great thing, if you get a little ass pool like myself, um, it just wears them out. It wears everybody out. So then we got them inside. I made the burgers. Um, you know, my wife told me, I thought you were going to make them like the, the guy made them down the street. And I was like, okay, that's not really a thank you, is it? Um, you know what I should have done? I should have been like, <sighs> I just got up and stormed out like she would have. <laughs> Instead, I just went like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm still making them the way my mom used to make. You know, your mom makes them, right? The burger was always like a giant hockey puck, right? But now how you got to make them is you got to have them long and flat with the grill turned up so they're juicy on the inside and the edges are crispy because those are all the fucking rage. And I got to tell you, they are delicious. They are fucking delicious. So uh, she was just like, yeah, I thought you were going to make them that way. I was like, and then I'm like, like, you know, compliment boy, like, oh, but, but it's still good, right? It, did, I, did I do a good job? She's like, no, no, it's just, you know, I thought you were going to do it the other way. Just, uh, you forgot to get chips. <laughs> <laughs> Cooking for somebody on a grill on a hot summer day is just a thankless fucking job, right? So at least this is the way, this is my version of it. So anyway, we end up getting the kids back inside and they just go down. They're just out, both of them, for two hours. It was great. And I was hanging out with my wife on the couch and I fell asleep and my wife was in heaven. 
because all of her kids were sleeping, including myself, the fucking 52-year-old fucking eight-year-old. The maturity of a fucking eight-year-old. Not even an eight-year-old. It's insulting. I have the maturity of a fucking six-year-old, and I'm trying to bump it up to seven. Okay? Baby steps. Literally. So, um, and then she was able to chill, you know, and watch her shows. And uh, we had a great time. So if I just, if I just didn't do those two things, if I just didn't do those two things, we had a perfect, I had the perfect day. I had the perfect day. And I, I, and just me always fucks it up. I was the one that suggested maybe doing a cookout. My wife, you know, once we get him in the pool, let's, we should do some burgers too. She was all about it. She was all excited. I had her in the emotional state that, that I'm always going for. Keeping her happy. Don't be a douche, Bill. And what does Bill do after all this? Yeah, 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 bullshit. Flips out about a floaty fucking thing for a pool and a disposable diaper thing. I, fl- I yelled probably as loud as somebody when they first discovered they were on fire. That's how loud I yelled. It's ridiculous. I'm an embarrassment of a fucking human being. But whatever. I got past my other shit. So now I just need to, like today, today. I was, you know, I, like today I have a zillion fucking things to do. After I, I told you guys I was going to stop doing that. I don't know. I said fucking yes to like nine things today. I got like nine things to fucking do today. And I got to take my kid to the park. I got to do all of this shit. Get Mother's Day cards for all the moms in my life. All of this shit. And, you know, and, you know, I'm in the grocery store with my beautiful daughter. And she's doing, dad, dad, I want this. Dad, dad, I want this. Dad, dad, hey, dad, 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 dad. And I never flipped out. Never flipped out. I didn't do any like, like, I didn't do any like, you know, that stern talk you do. Like, honey, can you just, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I didn't do any of that. I just kept muttering to myself, I have a beautiful house with a pool, beautiful kids, and a beautiful wife. There's no re- Yesterday, you flipped out over a floaty thing. She's like, Dad, you're not listening to me. <laughs> just like, oh, Jesus. But I was able to do it. So that's my new thing. Okay? And, and I, you know why I was able to do that? Because I... Rather than thinking yesterday, you have a beautiful house and beautiful family. There's no reason to flip out over this shit. I, uh, how it works in my brain, this might help, help any other angry lunatic out there. I have to say it out loud before it becomes a thing. If I think it, then it's just in my head and it's just a dream. This is the guy I want to be. I had to literally be like, say this the next time you're going to flip out over something you shouldn't be flipping out about. You don't flip out about a four-year-old acting like a four-year-old in a supermarket. You don't do that. You just... You just mutter. You mutter. That's my thing. Like, what was that? What was that? Uh, Jackie Gleason. Pins and needles, needles and pins, something, something, something. I don't know what the fuck it was. He was trying to control his temper. I have one of those now. <laughs> Count to 10. Count to 10 with me. That's what I'm trying to do. Oh, my God. I need to play drums like you fucking, you fucking read about right now. Um, all right. So last night. Um, oh, let's continue on my, my great weekend. I, um, this weekend I had my first spot indoors at the comedy store since March of last year. I was in the, uh, the main room and, uh, it was fucking magical. It was unfucking believable The comedy store is going to be so incredible. Um, as we gradually come back and I'm also really excited, you know, as much as all the guys that I loved, a bunch of them have moved away, you know, Texas, Jersey, fucking Tennessee and all of this shit. Um, it's sort of this exciting time of like, who's going to slide in and fill those gaps. Cause that's the thing about the store is every time you think, like, oh, man, there's the end of an era. What's going to happen? You know, will there ever be more fun? They all, it always fuck, just people just fucking step in. And it's incredible. You know, I always look at it like, 
you know, if the store survived the passing of Richard Pryor, I mean, I think it can pretty much survive anything because a lot of beasts um, have uh, flown the coop here. So I'm excited. And it's also great for me as an old comic because I feel like it's going to be young comics coming in and young comics keep old comics like me young. You know, not physically, obviously, but like just being around them, what they talk about and stuff informs you of what's going on. So you don't you you stay. Uh, what's that word? Uh, contemporary. You know, your act, even though your act is the act, like me, the act of a soon to be 53 year old man, it's still me talking about my life. But my cadence, my delivery, like I swear to God, dude, stand up like comedy changes just like music does. And shit that was cool five years ago becomes corny. Within five, six years becomes packy or whatever. And cadences, deliveries, references, all of that shit um, changes. I know I've said this a zillion times, but it was always fascinating when back in the day when I was a young comic and I would see some comic that I was a huge fan of in the 80s. And they ended up getting a sitcom and they got sucked into that world. If they didn't continue doing sick uh, stand-up, when their sitcom was over, six, you know, someone went six, seven seasons. And in those, you know, five to seven years, they would come back like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking of doing some stand-up before I figure out what the next thing is for me. They had all that syndication money and they would show up and, oh my God, they were coming in there. It's like, it was like you were wearing clothes. Their act was like clothes that were like brutally out of style. So um, I kind of already felt that when I went down there just on the first night that there was um, there's going to be all this opportunity for like new blood to get in there. And it's going to be fucking amazing because that place is, I don't know, it's just, it's in there. It's just marinated in the walls, the magic of the whole fucking thing is in there. And I went down there. I was a little tired. And the second I got in that hallway, I just fucking, oh my God, I'm back in this fucking place that I love. And um, yeah, I went out. Everybody killed. Everybody was killing. Eliza was on before me. She crushed. And then uh, Eleanor uh, Carrigan was on after me. And uh, I had to head home, you know, had to get me and the wife some ice cream sandwiches. You know, I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. I'm trying to be a fucking goddamn good guy here. Not be a self-involved shithead like I have been. And, um, but, at, you know, in the time it took me to introduce her and just walk backstage and come walk, grab my coat and come walking out, she was fucking murdering. Murdering. Um, one of my favorite comics. And she's also just from an era, the way she grew up, I, like, relate to. Um, just latchkey kid vibe. And she's got this hilarious thing. She told me one time how she came from this big family and one of her brothers didn't know how to fight. And I was like, really? And she had like this, like disappointment for him. She goes, yeah, I used to have to step in and finish his fights. <laughs> one of my favorite things she ever said, it wasn't even on stage. I think we were in that fucking parking lot next to the magic castle. Um, so anyway, uh, I watched the, uh, the F1 race today. I got all excited because when Lewis Hamilton won the first one, it's just like, fuck man, is there, is any team ever going to get a car that can compete with Mercedes? And we all know Lewis is just one of the greatest of all time. Um, but it's just, it gets fucking boring. It really gets boring. I got to admit. So I I didn't get around, you know, busy. I didn't watch the second race. And then I saw Max Verstappen won. So I was like, oh, fuck, man, that's exciting. Maybe they'll go back and forth, back and forth, right? So I sit down today, not realizing the back and forth meant Lewis wins again today. Um, and I was psyched because Lewis Hamilton was in second place. Botas got the pole. So I'm excited. It's like, okay, you know. If Lewis is going to win every fucking race, at least watch him have to pass a few guys instead of just getting a great start, getting turn one and just win the fucking race, right? So um, the first, like, 10, 15 laps were exciting because uh, Verstappen actually 
past Lewis Hamilton like he was standing still on the straightaway. And I was like, oh, my God, he's finally got the fucking car. And I was flipping out. And then, uh, like, I don't know, like five laps go by. And then Lewis Hamilton did this fucking unbelievable pass on the outside of the turn. I mean, the guy's Jordan, a, a driver. He's fucking unbelievable. Goes around the outside. And I was like, okay, all right. Okay, well, maybe they'll go back and forth. They're going to go back. And they were catching up to Botas. And um, I don't know. And then Botas, his tires, I don't know what the fuck happened. He started dropping back. And then it was just Lewis and Max Verstappen. And, and then, like, 10 laps go by like that. 15 laps go by like that. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Here we go again. Is this race over? And then I had to go get the Mother's Day cards and go to the grocery store and all that. I came back. I got to knock out this podcast. So I didn't have the fucking time to watch the whole race. And I was just like, you know what? I have a feeling. I'm going to go. I'm going to watch this race on fast forward. I have a feeling this is what's going to happen. Lewis is going to be in first place until he, t- he pits. And then somebody, probably Max Verstappen, is going to try to stay out there. And then they'll be in a lead for a little bit. And then the big drama of the race is going to be, can Max pit and get out before Lewis is out on the, tr- you know, passes him? And uh, turned out it was Perez. I don't know how the hell he stayed out there for a while until the laps, like 50 to 55. And then Lewis was out in front, and uh, he had like a four-second lead. It's just, it was over. I saved myself a bunch of time. So two races to one. I'm really hoping. Um, I thought early on they said there was something going on with Max, uh, Max's car. I don't know if it was the, uh, one of those fucking airfoil things there on the front. I don't, I don't know the terminology, but... Uh, it was still fun to uh, to watch a little bit of the race there, but uh, I'm going to watch the MotoGP um, this afternoon, which I'm telling you guys, if you want to see passing and all of that shit, there's no pit stops. They say go. They, they fucking ride like 23 laps full out. It is fucking incredible. Um, I imagine the race already happened at this point, but uh, it come, it's actually on... Uh, what is it? Channel 220 on DirecTV, NBC Sports or something like that. They carry it, so I am fucking beyond excited to watch that today. See what happens. See if Mark Marquez is able to uh, return to form or slowly come back. It's very exciting. So, um, speaking of exciting, you know, when I was whining about the lack of color options for the Ford F-250s and I was reading all the different colors that they had and all of that shit, well, guess what? You know, there's some chip that they need to put in the engines of those cars and they're back ordered and stuff. They're having a problem getting it. I don't know why, but Fords are actually a little bit hard to come by. So um, the guy I was going to go through said, if you're going to get this Ford F-250, it's going to be a 2022 model. And I said, cool. Do they have any new colors? And he goes, as a matter of fact, they do. And dude, they brought back all of these fucking incredible colors. Listen to this shit. They got, I don't ad agate black metallic. Animatter Blue, which they already had. Then they have this Atlas Blue Metallic, which I cannot fucking wait to see on that truck. Because the Velocity Blue was too blue. I like the Animatter Blue, but I didn't quite love it. The Atlas Blue Metallic seems like a nice middle ground. Then they got Carbonized Gray, which they had. Then they, they have a green. A fucking green. I love green. Uh, then they have Green Gem. Iconic Silver, they had that. They brought back the Orange. The fucking orange. I loved it. They got Oxford white, race red that they had before. Then check this out. They got school bus yellow, which I know a lot of you guys are like, what the fuck? Go look up like a Ford F-250 from the 70s, right? That yellow and white. The yellow would be on top and the white was on the bottom. And then they had like this really cool interior. Uh, Stone gray metallic. Then they have a vermilion red, which I think if you have like the black blackout package with that would be sick. And then they got like, uh, and then they have another yellow. And I went from like, I'm not loving these colors to I don't know which one I want to get. Out of what everything I just mentioned there, the blue metallic, the green, I got to see green gem. One of the greens, or do you just do that fucking orange? Oh, Billy Redface coming down the street in a fucking... Orange with the blackout. Oh, my God. The competition orange, like Mark Wahlberg's Corvette and fucking uh, Boogie Nights. That masterpiece of a film. I need to watch that again. I got to watch that again. There's just so many incredible performances. And I want to say that that's the one that made, I think that's the one that made Mark a movie star. 
I believe. Which is also incredible because he came up in music. And back then, you know, now it seems people can do that. because It's because of guys like that. Because back then people were like, no, 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 you do this and this is what you are. And he was like, no, no, fuck you. I'm also doing this. And then he crushed it in that movie. And then, you know, the rest is history. So I got to watch that. Uh, I have been going back watching all these these movies um, from the past. And one I watched last night, I've been doing this Mickey Rourke, you know, um, 1980s films. So, uh, you know, I watched Rumblefish a couple months back. I watched The Pope of Greenwich Village when I was out in Oklahoma. And then last night with my wife, I go, hey, let's, I go, she goes, what are you doing up here? And I said, I'm going to watch Angel Heart. Angel Hat. And she goes, ugh, you're watching that movie? Why? I go, I didn't think it was that bad of a movie. She goes, oh, I fucking hated that movie. I thought it stunk. I just remember I saw it. I thought it stunk, right? I was like, wow, okay, all right, sorry. And this is classic, like, white people watching something and black people watching something and having a complete, I, I should have her on the podcast, but it's having a completely different like outcome so i watched the movie and i'm watching it and i'm really liking it i'm like and she's watching it going this isn't as bad as i i forget why i didn't like this movie right (laughs) i'm watching it watching it she's going wow they kind of have like a diverse cast here you know they're up in harlem you know there's a lot of black people in this but then they get to the point where he goes to new orleans and uh um What's her face there from, from, uh, oh, geez, why do I suck with the name? Lisa Bonet from the, um, from, uh, the Cosby show at that point. Absolutely stunning, amazing actress and all that. She's in it, right? And she's down there in New Orleans. And there is this scene where she's doing this voodoo shit and she's like fucking her titties are out. She's covered in blood, dancing around with a chicken humping on somebody and it's just like what in the fuck is this and uh she goes oh yeah that's why like what is this bill and i was like oh yeah i kind of this did not register with me the first time and then i remember this is so crazy how i i i actually was able to understand my wife was because of the great drummer john theodore who was talking about drumming and was talking about voodoo rhythms and was talking about how that whole religion was misrepresented in a racist way by white people. And I was like, Oh fuck. And I, and I, and I remember thinking I need to read up on that. I never did. And then I saw this movie, saw my wife's reaction to it. And then I looked it up and all of this shit. And to this day, how people still think it's like fucking this, you know, this crazy, evil fucking thing evidently it was just an amalgam of all of a bunch of religions from africa mixed in with catholicism that was sort of forced on them by slave owners and during u.s reconstruction oh jesus i'm getting in over my head which was basically after the end of the civil war i got it right here in front of me i'm not trying to be a scholar here 1865 1877 um, during which during which time attempts were made to redress the inequities of slavery and its pol- political, social, and economic legacy, and to solve the problems arise, arising from um, uh, the readmission of the union, also to get the states back together. So during that time, you know, racist white people were freaking out about freed black people and then the power that they were going to have because of their numbers with voting and all of this shit. So that was during the time where they used this religion as a way to demonize them further. Um, Here we go. I'll read this real quick. There's nothing like a horror story to concentrate and focus our deepest fears. As African-American studies scholar uh, Michelle Y. Gordon writes, that's just what white newspapers in Louisiana did during Reconstruction, turning white supremacists' worries about black freedom into unsettling tales of voodoo. Um, Gordon notes that New Orleans did have real practitioners of voodoo, a synthesis of African religions and Roman Catholicism closely linked to Haitian voodoo, 
Though the 19th century, uh, through, through the 19th century, black women often led its worship and magical practices, but the supposed eyewitness and secondhand accounts of voodoo ceremonies in white papers had little to do with the, that belief system. Newspapers promised stories of voodoos on the rampage and full particulars of the hell broth and orgies. An 1870 account in the New Orleans Daily something or other described a female voodoo leader demanding that her followers sacrifice animals, destroy crops, participate in sexual orgies, and ultimately participate in a Lord's Supper consisting of her own infant. So that's where that shit went off the rails. Now, I'm not saying if you delved into voodoo, I'm sure they got some weird shit, but so does everybody. Catholicism, this is my body, this is my blood. Now come on up and fucking eat it and drink it. I mean, it's fucking weird. Religion is fucking weird. And um, so what they depict, if you watch that movie, dude, like, you know, it's De Niro, it's fucking uh, uh, Mickey Rook and all that shit. But to see that thing, and then I really understood, <laughs> and there became another embarrassing moment as I'm fucking watching this going like, Oh yeah, I guess if I if that information was given to me, I I would have found this movie not as good as I thought it was. But I mean, listen, I'm not coming down on people because everybody look. I'm not gonna be one of these people that goes back and watches a movie from 35 years ago and be like, oh my god, how come it's not in 2021 wokeness? I just thought it was a ama- you know really interesting that my wife saw it when it came out was like, fuck this movie, it's fucking stupid. She was a kid when she saw it. Because she was informed in all of that shit. And I was like, that was a good movie. De Niro playing Satan. <laughs> Which, that aspect of the movie, it was. Fucking Mickey Rourke was incredible. The story was great. What Mickey Rourke's uh, character was going through. But the whole Lisa Bonet story was kind of like, oh, like what? <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh. Yeah, I got a little uncomfortable there. But um, anyway, so next thing I'm going to watch is, uh, oh, Jesus, I'm going to watch the one, what was it? Uh, Mickey Rourke made a movie called Chinatown. Now, I'm not coming down on Mickey Rourke either. Mickey Rourke is the shit. And it's just like, this is just, like, I guess it's a good thing that you go back 35 years ago and you watch something and you're like, oh, this uh, things have moved forward. Like it, it, it should be. Okay, I'm not trying to be one of these cancel culture douchebags here. Which I'm, you know, now I'm feeling bad that I said all that shit because I know somebody's probably going to uh, fucking take what I just, take a clip of that and then just do their whole stupid fucking thing, you know, acting like they care about other people and it's just really just another white person trying to show how amazing they are as they pat themselves on the back pretending to care about others. Okay, there I said it. All right. Um, but what I was trying to get to was the comedy of me watching that with my wife. <laughs> She's fucking dancing with that bloody chicken with her fucking titties out. I was just going like, oh, yeah, forgot about that. I just was, you know, with De Niro with the fucking long nails and fucking uh, Louis Cipher, all of that shit. And, uh, you know, it was kind of like my uh, I See Dead People, the ending. You know what I mean? That was <laughs> whatever that movie was called. Was it called I See Dead People at this point? I don't know. I mean, can you, uh, I, I don't even bring up, there's other movies that you bring up that people thought they, that were quaint, and now you kind of watch them now, it's like, uh, does this, uh, is this guy kind of making fun of special needs here? All right, um, anyway, but I will tell you this, though, I think the worst time to be an actress, all right, an up-and-coming actress was probably the 70s and 80s because once nudity became acceptable, the ridiculous level that you could be as an actress and you still, I guess, were required to show your titties was fucking ridiculous. You know? I mean, I watched... I'm not going to name these fucking movies. I don't want to get people in trouble here, but I watched this fucking movie and one of the actresses' job, her job was basically to be walking around half-naked and stretching. (laughs) And I, got, I saw that like, you didn't even question it. Like that's, that's, and I get, you know, it's funny because uh, I'm such a fucking sexist meathead. Actually going back and watching these movies is helping me with a lot of this shit that these hairy leg chicks are talking about now. And now I'm kind of like, oh, you know, I think I finally, I think I'm starting to get this. It's not like I don't get it, but you know, 
I just like being a dick. I think that that's what it is. I really start. I, I think I like being a dick because people who should have been nice to me were a dick to me. So then I've, I've developed, you know, I've developed that pattern. Oh, are you looking for understanding and empathy? Well, I'm going to be a fucking asshole. Jesus Christ. You know, this fucking pandemic better end soon. Better end soon. Better end soon because if I find one more ugly layer to my personality, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do here. Um, all right. Jesus Christ. Let's get to the advertising, everybody. If I didn't just shut off the recorder. Um, all right. Where are we here? Hey, where are we? Where are we? All right. Here we go. All right. Policy genius, everybody. You know, summer. Did I turn this down accidentally? No. Tell me I didn't do that. Did I? No, the volume's where it needs to be. All right. Summer's quickly approaching. Okay, let me start over again. Policy genius. Summer's approaching quickly. It's quickly approaching. Enjoy it without a looming to-do list. Policy genius makes it easy to get life insurance done and done right. Uh, Feeling productive after submitting your taxes? Ride that wave and get insurance, uh, get life insurance done too. With Policy Genius, it's quick and easy. If you have anyone relying on your income, you need life insurance. Yeah, you should also be cooking your own food. <laughs> Got to be careful, people. Uh, why Policy Genius? Policy Genius makes it easy to compare quotes from over a dozen top insurers all in one place. Why compare? Well, you can save 50% or more on life insurance by comparing quotes with Policy Genius. You could save $1,300 or more on life insurance by using Policy Genius to compare policy. The licensed experts at Policy Genius work for you, not the insurance company. So you can trust them to help you navigate every step of your sh- of the shopping and buying process. That kind of service has earned Policy Genius a five-star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Uh, getting started is easy. First, head to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much life insurance coverage you need and compare personalized quotes to find your best price. When you're ready to apply, the Policy Genius team will handle the paperwork and scheduling for free. Policy Genius never sells your information to other companies. Policy Genius doesn't add on extra fees. Head to policygenius.com. Get started right now. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it's nice to get it right. Oh, look who's here, everybody. It's Simply Safe. Simply Safe is an award winning home security system. So, you know, it's engineered with the latest technology you want to keep your family safe. But what really sets Simply Safe apart is its people, highly trained security ex- experts who are always there for you when you need them most. These are people who truly care about keeping you safe. Uh, when an alarm goes off, a person who cares is there for you and a phone call to make sure you're okay. When an emergency happens, a person who cares is there for you by, is a person who's strapped. I don't need somebody going, oh, I want, I want fucking John Wayne coming through the door. A person who cares is there for you by getting fire and police responders to your front door right away. There we go. Here come the heroes. Even if uh, you're just having a problem setting up your system, a person who cares is there for you with a friendly chat and a quick uh, resolution. The bottom line is when you need them most, Simply Safe is there 24 7 with people who care and experts trained to not only keep you safe, but to make you feel safe. It's one of the many reasons U.S. News recently called Simply Safe the best home security of 2021. To learn more about how Simply Safe can protect you and your family, visit simplysafe.com slash bird today to customize your system and get a free security camera. It's so fucking easy. You get it. You can set it up within 30 minutes. If I can figure out how to do it, so can you. You also get a 60-day risk-free trial, so there's nothing to lose. That's simplysafe.com slash bird to customize your Simply Safe system and get a free security camera. S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash bird. All right. Oh, look who it is. Stamps.com, everybody. Last one here, everybody. Stamps.com. Are you still going to the post office? Still paying full price for postage? Well, thanks to Stamps.com, you don't have to anymore. Mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. Send letters, ship packages, and pay less, a lot less, with discounted rates from U.S. Postal Service and UPS and more. You've heard me talk about Stamps.com. They've been sponsoring the show for over nine years now. Thank you so much to them. And if you haven't tried it, what are you waiting for? Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. It's a must-have for any business. I ship out all my merch. I don't do a lot of merch, but I'm going to be selling my, uh, my, my vinyl album on my upcoming tour, and I will be using Stamps.com. It's so simple, so easy. 
whether you're a small office sending invoices, a side hustle, Etsy shop, shipping out orders, or just navigating this hybrid work life, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. No wonder over 1 million businesses choose Stamps.com for their mailing and shipping. Simply use any, your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail, mail is re- uh, ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It's that simple. With Stamps.com, you get discounts of up to 40% off post office rates and up to 66% off U.S. Uh, UPS shipping rates. Not to mention Stamps.com is a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters stamps.com is a no-brainer saving you time and money it's no wonder nearly one million small businesses already use stamps.com stop wasting time going to the post office and go to stamps.com instead there's no risk and with the promo code burr b-u-r-r you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in burr that's stamps.com, promo code Burr. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. All right. You know what I realize the secret of reading out loud is? Is to slow the fuck down. Fucking always start going through goddamn fast. Slow it down, Bill. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. You know something? I fucking can't stand people. You know, I'm all excited. I'm all excited about getting a Ford F-250, right? So what does some asshole do? He goes out, this is what he says, Ford Super Death Wobble. Hey, Billy Tonka tits, you should be aware of this Ford Death Wobble and get a Cybertruck instead of that dumb donkey cart. This fucking cunt goes out and just fucking Googles people dying in Fords. Like, you can't do that in every other fucking truck. Jesus Christ. Remember that fucking, that, that, that guy with the t-shirt company and that actor died in a Ferrari. The people tell me not to fucking, you know, go on set and drive a Ferrari. Shit happens. All right, let's see here. Open the link. Here we go. This guy just killing my dream. Bill's excited about it. Tr- uh, the truck in the foreground was trailed to a work site today for a photo shoot. The F-150 truck in the background was driven to a site to help build... Translation, Ford executives are scared shitless about having real competition for the first time since the chicken tax. I don't know what this means. Okay, the truck in the background driving to the job site. What am I looking at? Something went wrong with this? No, did Ford shut it down? Uh, Meanwhile, the bad news continues for Tesla compared to the competition. Falling behind. Here's a bad one about Tesla. Dude, go fuck yourself. All right, this is the truck I want. I know inherently... Everything is dangerous. Okay? I accept the risk. Oh, God. You know something? That's actually, I'm glad you wrote that in. That, that is a great, that is a great uh, life lesson. That when you say out loud that you want to do something and you're excited about it, uh, people immediately try to bring you negative information so you don't go out and do it and be happy. Now, they'll paint themselves as heroes like, hey, I was just looking out for you. The fuck out of here. You know, did you look at look up anything else? Yeah, Fords have had problems. Every fucking car's had every car, every car company has had recalls. All right. As long as the gas tank isn't like the way it was on the fucking Pinto or the, the Crown Vic, I'm good. I'm good. I drive like a fucking old man. There's gonna be no death wobble as I go down the street with a fucking dopamine grin on my face when I get that fucking truck in the color that I want. Sir, can I, can I just, can I have this? Can you just let me have this? All right, Gen Zer. Oh, Generation Z. Let's look this up. Let's see where the Generation Z people fit in. Nice to hear from a Gen Z person. Gen Z years. Okay. I like this understanding Gen Z's, Z people. How the fuck are you going to do that? All right. Uh, they are currently between age uh, 6 and 24 years old, nearly 68 million in the U.S. Okay. Well, welcome. Uh, <laughs> I'm a Gen Zer, and I want to bring a little firsthand experience to the podcast. You've said that the generation after the millennials is much cooler, and I'm sorry to tell you we are not. Oh, no. The same division and extreme opinions on everything is plaguing my generation. Don't you think a lot of it, though, is the fucking Internet and a lot of it is the um, 
24-hour news networks, considering, you know, COVID affected everybody and we, we just could not get on the same page. And I'm not even talking about the left and the right. There, there was subsets within the left, subsets within the right, subsets within the subsets. It was just crazy. Anyways, he said, a friend of mine got kicked out of public high school for calling his locker retarded. A girl nearby heard him and said he called her a retard and made some inflammatory hand signals. For some context, he is the only broken locker in the hallway and the lock doesn't work, so his books have been stolen because of it. Um, well, yeah, that's terrible. But I mean, didn't you guys learn all of this from older generations? I just hate how everybody's ratting everybody out now and acting like it's like, I guess it's like they're feeling of power. I mean, I can tell if, wait, look, if this shit went down the way this went down, like, you know, she shouldn't have done that, but she's also, you know, in high school, her brain's still developing. She's on social media and all this shit. I just don't think it's good. I have empathy for you guys. Um, we're not allowed to listen to music on school grounds because one student complained that the only music they hear on campus campus promotes American exceptionalism. Oh, brother, what? They couldn't say rap music or trap music because it would point out that predominantly black music was the problem, so they did it under the guise of American exceptionalism. Jesus, these racists are getting fucking educated. That sounds like a lawyer. American exceptionalism. Don't we kind of have to have that the way everybody's been shitting on us around the world? I mean, we got to do something. To comp- Everybody just thinks we're fat and dumb walking around with a gun, riding a four-wheeler with your dick out. Um, not to say you ain't allowed to do that. Uh, we're not allowed to use any hand gestures during sports. Thumbs up, thumbs down, doesn't matter. All are considered too dangerously close to white supremacist symbols. Well, that's not your generation. That's just corporate lawyers trying to, uh, you know. A lot of it becomes corporate lawyers trying to head off everything at the pass. And, uh, you know, it's it's all money-driven. That's the funny thing about all this shit. Most of these, all of these decisions, like them kicking that kid out of school with the locker comment, it has nothing to do with that girl's feelings. It has to do with they have to do the right things so they don't get sued. Anyways, she's, this person says, uh, he or she says, I, as an Asian American, was told that I was not allowed to answer more than one question in class per day because I was making other honor students feel uncomfortable with my aggressive level of competitiveness. Wow. The teacher has enforced this with me, but has allowed the honor student and others to answer multiple questions. Oh, because you're Asian and and they just think you're going to be smarter than everybody. That's so fucking weird. Note, I never raised my hand more than once or twice a class, and usually it was because no one else would. I wish you were right, but my experience tells a different story. Thanks and go fuck yourself. Well... First of all, the only thing that made me happy in all of that, all of those examples, that you actually said, go fuck yourself. So they haven't killed you off spiritually. Um, Listen, you're in controlled environments, but I don't think that that, you know, needs to affect your everyday life or whatever. When you guys go to hang out or whatever, I would try to just open dialogues. Uh, than what other kids tell on you. Oh my God, it's just become this whole fucking red scare. Everywhere you go, it's just people telling on other people. I can tell you this. How I've reacted to all of this shit is I just continued to, uh, you know, I'm not like I don't try to improve as a person. I am trying, but like, you know, I know the intent of what it is that I'm saying. I'm not being malicious. I'm not saying I can't make a mistake and I can't fucking cross a line here or there. But if I do, you know, I'll own up to it. I'll apologize. But like this whole fucking thing, you crossed the line and now you should be just eliminated. Is uh, That is the perverted sort of like hardcore white chick fucking thing where they're not really going down for this cause as much as they are as trying to remove white guys that are in the way so that they can then be the toxic person running shit. Um, 
which is my prediction of what's going to happen, is that they're going to remove all of these people, and it's going to be like, we're going to have diversity, da-da-da-da-da, and you know what that means. It means there's going to be a bunch of white chicks getting all the, the good shit first, and then what's ever left over, they're going to give to people of color, and then it's going to take a long while before it slowly turns, before you're able to, con- to really constructively go, aren't they doing what white males did, but they just have a vagina so nobody could say anything? Uh, I think there'll be a little bit of that. That's my prediction. What do I know? All right. Boyfriend doesn't want to get married. He doesn't want to get married. Hey, Billford, I love the podcast. Thanks for being yourself. I was hoping to get some dating advice. All right. Well, I'm a fucked up dude. So take everything I say with a grain of salt. Uh, my boyfriend and I have been dating for two years and living together for a year and a half. I'm 31 and he's 38. We both have educations and good jobs. He doesn't want to get married. And he's 38. Yeah, you got to kick him to the curb. He ain't going to get there. Um, he's a great guy. He's not going to get there in a time where you still have, like, if you want to have kids, I would guess. That's my first, that's the first thought I had. He's a great guy. He's very sweet, respectful, and makes me laugh. His family is lovely as well. He's a musician and loves music as much as I do. I love our life together as it is, but it's our future I'm worried about. I want to get married and have a kid or two. He's indecisive about it. He's an indecisive person in general. I've dropped some heavy hints and frequently talk about a hypothetical future when we have kids and we're married, but he's just not into it. Yeah, he's not into it or he's afraid of it the way I was. Um, but I can tell you, like, it's, it's added to my stand-up and all the creative things that I do having kids so maybe you can tell them that um because i know with a lot of people in this business trying to make it you try to travel light because you feel like i got to get to this certain place and then i can actually have a life and you think you're getting to that place is actually going to bring you happiness when what really could bring you happiness is just finding love you know and having a couple of kids and trying to make sure that they have the best possible childhood will fill you up so much more than all of that other dumb shit which took me half a century to fill up, figure out. Um, anyway, uh, I've tried to be being extra sweet, cooking all his favorite meals every night, making sure the house is always clean, and babying him when he gets sick. I'm even supportive of his dream of quitting his good job to be a writer and a musician. However, all my efforts don't seem to be working because he still isn't willing to compromise on the marriage and kids thing. It makes me really sad, especially the kid part. It worries me because, well, biology. I'm already 31 and I can't be waiting forever. My family and friends say I should give him an ultimatum, but I don't want to because, one, what if he calls my bluff? I I love him and I really want to spend the rest of my life with him. Two, I have pride, self-esteem, and self-worth, even though I'm not exactly God's gift to mankind. What are you talking about? You're a great, you sound like a great person. I'm not a piece of shit either and shouldn't have to threaten a man to marry me. Am I doing something wrong? Am I being nutty or do I need to move on? Fuck you and thanks. Um, I don't think you're nutty at all. I think you, you don't have to put pressure on him. Just say what you just said to me. Just say you not you being unwilling to compromise about getting married and having kids makes me really spad, sad, especially the kid part. You know, I don't have all the time. This is what I want, and I want to do it with you, okay? And I don't want to give you an ultimatum. All right? I just want you to be honest with me. Okay? And then tell him, listen, this is when I want to do this by. Which also gives him another way to fucking string you along. And I would just say, listen, it's going to break my heart to leave you, but I am not going to be childless. That's not what I want. That's not going to make me happy. I want to get married and start a family with you. Do you want to do that with me? Okay? And I have to be honest with you. His answer... If, if it's yes, would be right then and there. If he's like, you know, I just don't fucking I would leave. Leave and go through the fucking heartbreak of that shit rather than live a whole life of wondering what could have been. All right? That's my advice to you. And never feel bad for expressing your feelings. And And you don't have to give ultimatums to people. You just tell them how you're feeling, how what they're doing is making you feel. And they're either receptive to it or they're not. If they're not receptive to it, you know, you got to get to someone who's going to be receptive or that's going to be your day-to-day existence, which is going to drive you into depression. All right? And if they want what you want, the cart moves forward. If it doesn't, hey, you know, no hard feelings. This kills me to do this, but like, you know, I want what I want. And what you want is just as important as what he wants. So... 
That's the deal. You get with somebody, you got to want basically the same shit or it's not going to work. All right. Sorry you're going through that. Good luck to you. All right. Groomsman. Become a groomswoman. Groomsman be- became a groomswoman. Uh, <laughs> hey, Billary Swank. I'm getting married this summer to my beautiful girlfriend of eight years. We're having a family small wedding. So I was planning on inviting my three best friends from high school to be my groomsmen. One of my friends... Anna came out as trans over a year ago, and we all support and respect her decisions. I invited her to, in January to be one of my groom's people along with my other two guy friends. All right, so what's the problem? However, just this past week, one of my guy's friends also came out as trans. What the fuck? And plans to be transitioning from male to female. Now my groomsman went from being one woman and two guys to two women and just one guy. I was already stepping out of my comfort zone by inviting Anna to be a groom's person, and now I feel like I can't uninvite the other guy because I already told Anna she could join. Yeah, and this is another thing, too. This is something that you would really get trashed for, for being, like, transphobic and all that. You're just being honest, okay? These are two people that you knew as guys who are no longer guys, and now you have to emotionally deal with it. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not saying what they're doing is wrong. You're just saying it makes you uncomfortable. For some reason, you can't say that now. Or you can say it and everybody gets all, you're fucking homophobic. Um, anyway, it's, it's less about, or transphobic. It's less about them being trans and more about just me not wanting to be surrounded by women during the ceremony. I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty traditional guy, despite my friends, and I've always imagined the classic group of groomsmen at my side for my wedding. Also, not to mention, Tim just recently started transitioning and is 6'3 and might look a little out of place in a dress. <laughs> All right, you're walking the line here. Just invites, just, you know, expand your draft picks. Pay for a couple more meals, get some more fucking swinging dicks in there. You got some dresses. I think you got a nice salad going on there. Uh, I love my friends, but I just don't want to be the focus to be about them on our wedding. I asked the person if they'd feel comfortable in a suit for the ceremony, and they said probably, but may change their mind closer to the wedding. Is it wrong for me to put my foot down and just say they need to wear a suit or step out of the groomsman party? Any advice would be greatly appreciated, and also go fuck yourself. Well, you know, this is one of these things where a, a wedding is her day, and what you're doing right now is really bride behavior. Like, you're picking the colors you want to know how they dress. And I don't know, if we're really going to be progressive, if the woman can do that, can't the guy do that? Um, This is what I say you do. I say that, you know, you you have the wedding that you want to have because it is your your wedding. And uh, and the way you want to have it is the way that you want to have it. And, you know, you don't seem like you have a problem with what these guys are doing. And now that are now women, the days, whatever the fuck he's supposed to say. So I would just try to have the wedding that you want to say. Everybody's still fucking invited. Not the wedding you want to say, the wedding that you want to have. And then just just take it from there. I mean, personally, uh, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that. I haven't been through what you've been through. Like if I had like two of my close friends that I was growing up with all of a sudden, we're transitioning. I mean, that's, that's a fucking major thing. Um, I would think emotionally to deal with because it's like the other person doesn't exist anymore. You know? So you've got to kind of take time to process that, which is something I think is missing in all of that because I really think, you know, you should support somebody if that's what they want to do and, and still be friends with them and all that type of shit. And then I think conversely, they should give you a second you know, to be like, okay, let me uh, let me get my head around this thing, you know. So, yeah, I, 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 but I think in the end, dude, this is, this is your wedding. This is your wedding, and you should have your wedding the, the way you want it to be and the way that you want it to look and everything. And I think if you're still going to be friends with them and all of that shit, and you, you're not being going, oh, my God, that's against God and all that dumb shit, uh, I think this is a small ass to be like, can you just wear a suit? I don't think that's a big fucking deal. I really don't. Or maybe you slide them over to the other side. They become bridesmaids. And, you know, with any luck, two of the chicks transition over to your side. You know what I mean? It's like a fucking NFL trade. Two for two. All right. Girlfriend wants me to move out. 
Dear Billy Longnuts. <laughs> Is that an age joke? If that's an age joke, that's fucking hilarious. Uh, I'm a 21-year-old college student. Um, that Billy Longnuts is fucking. If that's because you're old and your balls are hanging down low, that is fucking hilarious. Um, is that my Native American name? Him, him, Billy Longnuts. Um, all right. I'm a 21 year old college student, and my girlfriend and I have been arguing a lot because she wants me to move out of my parents' house into a house share so that we can be closer. Wait, 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 wait. I'm a 21-year-old college and my girlfriend and I have been arguing a lot because she wants me to move out of my parents' house. Oh, I thought she meant she wanted you, her to move out. You guys were living together and she wanted you to move out. I was like, all right, you're 21. Some, some of the great, greatest news you could ever get. All right, she wants me to move out of my parents' house into a house share so that we can be closer. We currently live 40 minutes from each other. She makes ominous statements about the practical, practicality of our relationship. And if I don't move and catch and, and catches an attitude because of it every time we meet up or talk on the phone, it's getting exhausting and I feel a lot of pressure from her constantly bringing it up. All right. And how does that make you feel? Do you like feeling pressured? Do you like somebody giving you an attitude because you're doing what it is that you want to do rather than what she wants you to do? Buddy, this is the tip of the iceberg. And, and this is this thing that manipulative people do. Is She's going to make it seem like that when you move in with her, that this pressure and all of this shit is going to end and you're going to be happy. You'll be happy for week 10 days. And then she's going to start with this shit again. You are laying the groundwork for this relationship where she's going to get to use her emotions as, as like this, this, this manipulative tool to get you to fucking sit up, beg, go for a walk, take out the trash and do all of this shit. I can tell you right now, dude, do not, I don't even need to read the rest of it. Don't even fucking move. Anyway, she's moving out of home, uh, to live in her grand. Dude, did you voice text this? I'm going to write, I'm going to read just how you wrote it. She is moving out of her home to live in her grandmother who passed away's house in the city. So she won't be paying rent. Okay. So her grandmother died and she wants you to move in there because it's her family home. She doesn't want me to stay over or for us to have sex there. Sir, did you really need, you really need my advice here. I respect this boundary. This, however, sucks as it means that the decision for us to have a sex life and private time together rests in my hands. Yeah, dude, she's, she's, she's fucking, she's boxing you in. I really want to move out, but it would cost me about $600 a month plus bills and food, and I'm not sure I can afford it. I have explained this to her, but she says that her paying bills in her grandmother's house makes us even. I'll be honest with you, I fucking hate this chick. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I also have an unpaid work placement abroad next year, which I need to save for. That will cost me three to four thousand dollars. There you go, buddy. That's the carrot on the stick you need to be, be, be chasing. My parents do not and will not financially support me. I really love this girl, and despite the obstacles of not having privacy and the distance between us, our relationship has been great up until this point. I'm starting to wonder if it'll work out. What do you think I should do? Um, I think you should stay at home. And save up that three to four grand, and she should understand that. I think you should tell her how her pressuring you makes you feel. And if she doesn't acknowledge this and doesn't care about your feelings and it's all about her, it's the tip of the fucking iceberg. And consider yourself lucky that you're not living with her when you break up with her. That's it. Um, if I learned anything in the last few months of therapy, it's just like, you know, I have not acknowledged my feelings, and my feelings were not acknowledged my entire time growing up which is why I'm an angry person. Because when I start to feel feelings that I don't like in my head, I just have to go to anger because I never thought I could just be like, hey man, I really don't like that. Because I grew up in the sit down and shut the fuck up generation. So none of this makes you feel good. So you need to tell that to her. And there's no fucking way you move in with this chick ever under these circumstances where she is basically fucking uh, uh, 
using her emotions to get you to do what she wants to do and then having a fucking attitude. I mean, do you realize, like, seriously, if I can just take a second here, like that childish behavior that so many women get away with with the guys in their relationship that you basically have to dance to their fucking tune or they won't be happy because then what ends up happening is your happiness has to exist within the circle of their happiness. And at that point, you're no longer an individual. You've lost yourself in the relationship. You've become like, like this emotional fucking hostage and it's fucking bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. All right. So sorry. I'm fucking got gas here. I don't know. I think I wolfed down this fucking piece of toast before this. I apologize. Um, belching up a storm here. Uh, yeah. So fuck that. And any person, male or female, listening to this, don't ever move in with somebody if, if that is the way it's going down. Don't ever get involved in a business or a personal intimate relationship where the other person is using their fucking moods as a way to get you to do something that you do not want to do, but they wear you out because you just want to see them happy. Hey, fuck their happiness. Their happiness is not your responsibility. Your happiness is your responsibility. And you don't fucking move in with somebody until their happiness and your happiness intersect. That's it. Go fuck yourselves. I'll talk to you on Thursday.